This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by NUMA.com. That's N-U-M-A, an easier way to get your phone calls answered, flat fee, monthly. It'll pay for itself in no time. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz. My guest today is Sydney Craig Hart. She is the CEO of Smart Simple Marketing, a company that she runs with her husband. And she's also a fourth generation entrepreneur, something we're going to dive into today. So Sydney, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, John. It's so great to be here with you. So, so tell us a little bit about your journey and, and about your business today. We'll get into kind of your growing up journey, but <laughs> your your business journey. Tell us a little bit about kind of how you got to Smart Simple Marketing and, and what Smart Simple Marketing kind of specializes in today. Sure. So as you mentioned, I'm the CEO of Smart Simple Marketing. We are a content marketing consultancy, and our goal from day one has always been to help small businesses to attract more clients and increase their revenue. Uh, We've had the great privilege of working with almost 10,000 small businesses over the last 14 and a half years in 79 industries, which has been amazing. A significant number of those businesses have been owned by women and people of color, uh, which we're extremely passionate about serving. Uh, And uh, for the last seven years, we've been working with enterprise brands to help them to create programming and education and tools and products to support small minority and women owned businesses. So all of the, you know, big name companies that uh, you use every day, um, some of them you search on, some of them are social media companies. Um, those are clients of ours, and we really enjoyed collaborating with them in um, support of small business. So either way, whether we work directly with the business or with the corporation, the goal is to help small businesses succeed. Yeah, it's funny. I've worked with a lot of, of large organizations that, that have small businesses clients and they, they do struggle sometimes even knowing how to talk to them or relate to them sometimes. Uh, I mean, yes. it's, it's like a language almost, isn't it? Exactly. So, so what was it like growing up in a family of entrepreneurs? I know you, we talked about fourth generation, but, uh, but clearly as a child, your parents uh, did something. So tell me, tell us about what great, great grandparents, grandparents, parents did. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it it's like- a fun story. I um, I'm so privileged that it's mine. It's a great story, even if it wasn't mine. But um, my great grandfather was the first. African-American real estate investor in Los Angeles County in the 50s. He felt very strongly that uh, Black people and people of color should have a safe and affordable and clean place to live. And there weren't enough options. And so he tried to get a loan from the bank and, you know, that didn't work, which unfortunately is still a problem that uh, we're facing uh, today that hasn't gotten so much better since the 50s. But he did what we would call now crowdfunding. He raised the money amongst friends and family and and pulled together the resources he needed and built the building with his own two hands uh, with some friends. And he uh, rented to people based on character and uh, had a very successful business doing that for many years. His oldest child was my grandmother. Um, She actually ran multiple businesses throughout her lifetime. Her and my grandfather had a cleaning business for many years. Uh, Before that, when she was a newlywed, she started selling cheesecakes 
to restaurants all over Los Angeles County. Um, she actually was the first Black woman to be allowed to join the Pasadena Chamber of Commerce. And uh, so she um, really has an, had an amazing legacy of entrepreneurship. She just passed away last year. And then after my grandfather died, she started a daycare and um, did that until she decided she was finally ready to retire. So, um, so she was such a great example. And I grew up helping her in her daycare over the summers when I was a kid. And um, then my parents, my dad actually started a tax business right before I was born. So I grew up helping him and during tax season, organizing receipts. And I learned how to tend key and, and do data entry and that kind of thing. And then my mom had a daycare for a while when I was a kid. So, you know, you asked me, what's it like growing up in an entrepreneur? family. And it wasn't something I ever really thought about, to tell you the truth, because it was so normal. You know, it was, I always heard them talking about how to take great care of their clients and how to be of service and how to get the word out about what they were doing. And, um, you know, they had such strong, deep relationships with their clients for so many years. When my dad died, he still had the same clients, some of them he'd had since I was born. So um, it just, it set such a great example of being in service to others and always doing your best and making a way out of no way. And um, and I really appreciate that. And it took me a long time as an adult to actually realize what this legacy was. Like, I didn't even see it until I actually started my own entrepreneurial journey. Yeah, it's funny because, I mean, a lot of, you know, I could ask that question, how has it impacted you positively? But a lot of people could say, well, it kind of scarred them too, right? Because, you know, you see the the struggles, you know, that come along with it naturally too. But it sounds like in a lot of ways... Well, let me ask it this way. When you started your own business and as you've owned your own business, do some of these kind of lessons start creeping back in and going, oh, now I understand better? Yes, absolutely. I mean, you know, any of us who are small business owners know it is not all, you know, gumdrops and roses. Um, There's a hard, lot of hard days. There's blood, sweat and tears. And I certainly, you know, I gave you the pretty version of those businesses, but my family went through a lot to do that, you know, and dealt with a lot of challenges along the way from many angles. But I, I can't say that um, it scarred me. If anything, it taught me to work through adversity. And that's just the kind of stock I come from. You know, we don't back down when things are hard. We don't, unfortunately, we don't have the option to do that. So um, I think what it taught me is tenacity. It taught me to dig deep into myself and and not make excuses. And it taught me to keep going even when things are hard. So um, it definitely has shaped my view of entrepreneurship. I often, when I'm coaching people privately or even in my classes publicly, I'm usually sharing lessons that I learned from my parents or from my grandparents. So um, it's it's been such a great legacy for me. And I also just think that it's given me... Um, it's given me a lot of faith in what I can accomplish on my own if I just stay focused on what I can do and and not focus on what I can't. Well, and I think most entrepreneurs that, that stick around for any amount of time kind of have that ability to reframe you know things. You could know, you, you have, have to, to, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so what what would I love asking people this, and it's it's a question that stumps a lot of people. So I'm just going to warn you. What do you enjoy most about what you do? The thing I love most is seeing the light bulb come on. You know, when I'm working with, whether it's a small business client or a a corporate marketer, we're talking through a situation and they're explaining their challenge and they, you know, there's a block there for some reason, be it their own internal block or some physical obstacle in front of them. And we keep talking through it and keep digging through it. And 
And I often, I will see a solution um, for my client that they don't see for themselves. And so as I introduce that to them and help them come to that realization on their own, like that moment when the person gets it and they feel clear and they feel excited and they feel motivated, that moment is priceless. I live for that. Like I I never get tired of, of watching those epiphanies and seeing the excitement and the confident on someone's face, confidence on someone's face when they um, have a new burst of clarity that they want to take action on. Yeah, I often talk about <clears throat> because I work with such small business owners have forever uh, that that you know a, a lot of what we do by helping them figure this marketing thing out is get their life back in some cases because it's such a struggle that part of it. So you know, I think that I'm with you. That I think that brings me a lot of joy too. So you started this business with your husband. You know, a lot of people. Yes would struggle doing that to begin with. And then we get the full COVID thing. And so now you're like working at home. Maybe, I don't know if you have kids at home, but you know, but moms are, and dads are like teaching their kids at home now. I mean, it's like, boy, talk about no, no balance or dividing line between you know yeah. work and the rest of life. How has, has the fact that you've worked with your husband um, made that easier, different? Um, I'm just curious if you have yeah, any, any people thoughts. People always ask about that. You know, it's two very distinct uh, sides of the fence. It's either, oh my gosh, how do you do that? I would love to do that. Or, oh my God, I will never do that. We'd kill each other and or be divorced. So people are very clear which side of that equation they they sit on. And, um, you know, I adore my husband. He's my best friend and no one has my back like him. And um, he And I don't always see eye to eye and we are vastly different in how we approach work and our work styles. I mean, we could not be any more opposite. He's very organized. He's very methodical. um, He's very, you know, kind of step by step by step. And I'm just like, I got an idea. Let's do it. (laughs) So (laughs) we're like polar opposite. And so we do frustrate each other like that sometimes. But I think I've been working from home for 16 years. Um, I've had this company for almost 15 years. So being at home because of the current situation is not yeah. a big deal. I, of course, am sick of being in my house like everyone else. But um, but right. we don't have kids. It's just the two of us. And um, I think we're closer now than we've ever been. And we you know, are very comforted in the fact that we're safe and healthy at home together. So you know, that part has been OK. I think um, there's no one else I would work with in business other than him. So it, it it's continues to be a good thing, even when we ir- really irritate each other. <laughs> you, you know, uh, I mean, I think all good partnerships, probably most good marriages, it's that difference that actually, you know, as long as you can work through the frustrations, it's that difference that actually allows you to help each other grow. Um, exactly. you, know, I, you know, my wife and I've never worked together, but, you know, in the kitchen, oof. Uh, you know, I, when I, I cook a meal, there's stuff on the floor and every dish is dirty. You know, if she cooks a meal, I mean, she methodically tears the lettuce and, you know, I mean, it yeah. drives me crazy, right? But, uh, but, but I think that there's, there's a lot of truth to the fact that, that we really help each other grow because of those differences. Absolutely. And I think that those two things um, are what have helped me grow the most. Will and I have been married for almost 18 years and mm. between how he challenges me and how he pushes me and how he tells me when I'm wrong and he helps me to be a better version of myself between that and being a business owner, which 
is like the greatest exercise of personal growth you can ever put yourself through. I really do feel like it has helped me to grow and I wouldn't be this version of Sydney now had I not started this company. And even before that, had I not married him. So I think it's good to have those challenges. It refines you and it, it makes you stronger and it helps you, you know, whittle away at those pieces of you that shouldn't be there anyway. (laughs) When people call your business, they want answers. They want them now. They want them 24 seven these days. If you're having trouble answering your phones, if you just don't think you're doing it as well as you could, or you're wasting time answering the same questions over and over again, check out numa.com that's n u m a.com it's like adding an entire another staff member they'll answer the phones for you they'll direct them where you want them to go they can transcribe messages send you text alerts $49 a month flat fee it will end up paying for itself in no time that's numa.com n u m a.com slash duct tape That's right, numa.com slash duct tape, and you can try it out free for 30 days. So so you mentioned that in the the early days from day one, you've been uh, helping minority and women-owned businesses, small businesses. Uh, You know, the headlines right now, I think the gaps and then the inequities, you know, are are in full-on spotlight right now. Mm -hmm. Um, At this moment... What has this moment meant maybe for you? Has it made your approach evolve? You know, I, I just, you know, I'm, I just love your take on, you know, wh- where you think we are right now. Yeah, it is a very interesting time in um, history and uh, for so many reasons, you know, with the health crisis and then the movements that are happening and so forth. And um, I think for me personally, as a black woman and as a person who has been so advocating for multicultural marketing and diversity for years, I am actually really excited to see the light shining on small businesses the way it is, on minority-owned businesses the way it is, on Black-owned businesses the way it is. And I feel very fortunate to have grown up appreciating diversity anyway. You know, I I grew up in a small town here in the Bay Area and and went to school with a lot of the same kids for all 12 years. Like I literally literally graduated high school with kids that I had been in kindergarten with. And um, I always tell this story, you know, when you grow up with people like that, you, you don't, you, the kids that are different from you, you don't really notice that, you know, there was a kid in my kindergarten class named Gavin. He was Chinese. I didn't notice he was Chinese. He shared his candy with me. I thought he was cool. Um, there was a girl named Dina who had like a physical disability. She, um, she was born with a birth defect and didn't have her whole arm. And I never thought anything of it. She was funny and we played on the playground. So, you know, when you grow up with all of these different people, mixed kids, Asian kids, you know, Indian kids, Latin kids, whatever, you just all kind of grow up together. And so diversity is literally part of who I am. And it's always been a part of my work. And I, um, I think it's, it's beyond unfortunate that it has taken all of the events that have occurred to create this spotlight and create this awareness. But I'm glad that the awareness is here. And I've been talking about customer centricity and not ignoring underserved communities and um, supporting minority owned businesses for years. I feel like I've been screaming from the rooftops and no one's been listening. And now I feel like people are like, oh, is that what she was talking about? And I'm like, yes, this is what I was talking about. So, um, you know, I, I definitely am not a, like a Pollyanna, you know, kind of person, but I, um, 
I'm trying to look at the positive in this situation. And I hope that this opens the door for more opportunity and so many amazing, brilliant, innovative um, minority owned and women owned businesses will be recognized for their brilliance and will be allowed to shine and be allowed to serve people the way they need to, because um, they've just been overlooked for a really long time. So what are some of the biggest challenges your clients are struggling with right now from a, from a marketing standpoint, besides the obvious, um, you know, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, the, the thing I'll say first to that is the overwhelm. I mean, and, you know, small businesses and marketers are always overwhelmed. So that's not really new, but it's so intense right now. Um, and the uncertainty is making that overwhelm even more difficult than it has ever been um, because there's no easy answers to any of these situations. We don't know when the health crisis is going to be over. We don't know um, what the impact of any of these things is going to be. So literally all of us every day are trying to figure it out and trying to navigate it and trying to make good decisions in real time that we hope later will turn out to be okay. And so I think the uncertainty and the overwhelm are the two biggest challenges. But I also see, I just published a post on um, social media about this yesterday. As much as there has been overwhelm and literally I have seen small business owners making life or death gut-wrenching mm -hmm. decisions, you know? I am so proud of and impressed by, as a community, our tenacity and our willingness to step out of our comfort zone and how we're stepping up to serve our clients and um, our families. And we just keep going. And I have never been more proud to be a small business owner than I am right now. So yeah, is it really hard right now? Heck yeah, it's hard. It's probably, this has been the hardest year as a business owner that I think I've ever had mentally um, because of all of the things coming at me. And I know that so many of us share that same sentiment, but um, we, we're doing it, you know, we're, we're not giving up, we're supporting each other and we're trying to figure it out and we're putting one foot in front of the other. And I'm just really, really proud of how we're showing up. Yeah. I've, uh, I've, I've heard a number of people express, you know, some sentiment along the lines of I'm working twice as hard for half the money, um, you know, right yeah. now. And that's kind of what it feels like, doesn't it? It does. It does. And it's going to be that way for a little while, you know, until, until whatever the next wave of new reality happens to be. I don't like to say this is the new normal because there's nothing normal about what we're dealing with, but this is, this is where we are. This is the reality. And so, um, you know, there is some comfort in the fact that we're all trying to figure it out together, but yeah, it's going to be bumpy and rocky for a while. I've been calling it the new abnormal actually for a while. So mm -hmm. I think that's more. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I'm sure you've had people come to you. I have people who come to me right now and they say, okay, what should I be doing? You know, I get, mm -hmm. I get, I don't know about you, but um, because I do my podcasts and things, I get three or four pitches a day. Somebody saying, you know, what to do during COVID as a marketer, you know, and, and unfortunately yeah. half of the advice is basically do the stuff you should have been doing, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? Yeah. Get closer to your customers, stop spamming them, you know, stuff like that. But, but what are you telling people when they come to you and, and as I'm sure many are right now and saying, you yeah. know, what should I be doing? Yeah, I'm in the same boat as you. I get those emails all day, every day. Um, so what I've been saying is similar to what you said. You should be doing what you should have been doing all along. But more specifically, I'm really encouraging 
both small businesses and corporate marketers alike, stop and listen. Like, I know that's really hard because you're really distracted right now. Like you said, people have got kids at home and pets at home and they're taking care of elderly parents and trying to figure out how to get groceries. I mean, there's every distraction known to man, but you've got to stop and listen because your clients and your customers are telling you exactly what they want and what they need, but you're not going to hear it if you don't stop and listen. So being customer centric is more important now than it's ever been and not making emotional decisions from your own perspective, what's important to you, what message you want to get out and what you want to say. So that's the first piece of advice is to really, this is the perfect opportunity to Um, refocus on your customer and who they are. The second thing that I'm sharing is to really lean into content marketing. It's pretty much the only marketing we can do right now. And so you need to invest in it. You need to learn how to do it well, and you need to be consistent with it. Um, And then I think the third piece of advice is just to be willing to step out of your comfort zone, which, you know, in a lot of places, we've been like kicked out of our comfort zone. There there we haven't had much of a choice but this is the perfect time to beta test and try something new and get some quick feedback and and we keep hearing pivot etc so you know give it a try like you you honestly don't have anything to lose right now by trying something new because everyone's shifting their business model so now's the perfect time to try that quote unquote crazy idea that you've been holding back on yeah, I totally agree with that. And and I'm getting that sense from a lot of people that are, you know, reaching out to me saying they want to, you know, and the word I've been using is reimagine, you know, what, what uh-huh. your life could be like, or reimagine what your business could be like, right? Could pivot in some ways has like, oh, that didn't work. Try something new. But I think this is almost like the, hey, this is your chance. This is your opportunity mm-hmm. in some ways to, to reimagine, you know, what you want to do. So, Hey, I've been asking a lot of people lately because I think a lot of people, you mentioned the the idea of listening. You know, I think there are a lot of people that are <clears throat> realizing we need to do more listening. We need to more do more reading. We need to like look into stuff that we, you know, didn't used to look at before. You know, what are you reading right now? Oh gosh. Um, Man, let me look because I'm actually reading. I up reading. on you with that question, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> what am I reading right now? Um, the um, book that I'm into at the moment is um, it's called Built to Sell, and which is an right. oldie but it may not be new to a lot of folks on your show. But um, I'm reading it because I really appreciate how the gentleman in the story felt like, you know, his business was kind of almost broken beyond repair and that he was being coached to rethink about his business. And so yeah. the thing, the biggest shift that happened was with his mindset. It wasn't so much the tangible of how his operation ran or et cetera, but he changed his mindset and he simplified what he was doing. And I think there's so many good lessons to learn from that story, given the current circumstances that, um, uh, making sure we keep as business owners the right mindset is literally more than half the battle uh, because yeah. if we don't have the right mindset, you know, we're just going to keep fumbling along and, and spinning our wheels. And then the simplicity of just focusing on the products that are the most profitable, that your clients love the most, that are the easiest for you to deliver, the systems behind it, et cetera, really focus on simplicity. And so I'm really loving thinking about the lessons in that book from a different perspective, because we're in a different time now than the last time I read it. Yeah. It's funny. I say this all the time. I love going back at books that, that I like. That's a book that I read. In fact, John, the author, John Warlow is a good friend. And, and I think that if you look on the cover of that book, there might be a quote from John Jantz uh, on their, <laughs> uh, oh, blurbing. Oh, 
<laughs> but uh, I love going back and rereading books because just what you said, um, you're a different person. Uh, it's a different time, you know, and, and it's funny how often you get like a whole new insight out of going back and reading books that, that, that you love. So Sydney, tell me, uh, tell uh, our listeners uh, where they can find out more about uh, your work at uh, Smart Simple Marketing. Yeah, please connect with me online. You can find me very easily with my full name, uh, S-Y-D-N-I-C-R-A-I-G-H-A-R-T. I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I'm pretty much wherever I can be found. Um, and then you can, you should definitely also follow Smart Simple Marketing. We have literally a treasure trove of amazing blog posts on our blog, specifically for small businesses. So please go check it out. Um, we've been publishing content on um, how you can thrive as a small business. We just published a series uh, recently based on the summit we hosted in April. Um, there's articles there about what you should be focusing on and doing as a small business during COVID. So um, definitely go check that out and then follow our social channels, um, Smart Simple Marketing. Uh, and you can find us on all of those same uh, platforms, Facebook, LinkedIn, et cetera. So please do reach out and connect with me. I love connecting with other entrepreneurs and I would love the chance to get to know you. Awesome. Thanks, Sydney, for dropping by the podcast. And uh, hopefully uh, next time I'm out in the Bay Area, if that ever happens again, uh, we can, <laughs> I can run into you out there on the road. Yeah, that would be awesome. Thanks, John, for having me. 